you can listen to The Front on your smart speaker every morning. To hear the latest episode, just say, play the news from The Australian. From The Australian, here's what's on The Front. I'm Claire Harvey. It's Tuesday, May 23. Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi says he wants closer defence and security ties with Australia to keep the Indo-Pacific safe and free in an exclusive interview with The Australian. Modi, a Hindu nationalist, will address a rally of 20,000 at Sydney Olympic Park on Tuesday night and authorities are expecting some protesters to show up. A big revelation in our Shadow of Doubt podcast investigation. The young woman who accused her parents of sadistic torture and abuse also pursued a million-dollar compensation claim over another alleged sexual assault by a sports coach. She said that the man's assault was responsible for her depression and trauma, not mentioning the 13 years of abuse she claimed to have suffered at the hands of her parents. You can listen to Episode 8 of that podcast right now at shadowofdoubt.com.au. Police in the Brittany Higgins matter believed prosecutors were surveilling them. It's been revealed on another big day of evidence at the ACT's Board of Inquiry into the failed rape trial of Bruce Lehrman. Up first, we'll meet the top cop who says Lehrman should never have been charged. If you want something done right, do it yourself. Or so the old adage goes. But according to Detective Superintendent Scott Moller, that's leadership. He didn't believe former Liberal staffer Bruce Lehrman should be charged with the rape of Brittany Higgins on the evidence available. But Moller swore a summons for Lehrman, the first step in having him face trial, so his subordinates wouldn't be put in a difficult position. Moller entered the witness box on the eighth day of an inquiry into the ACT's criminal justice system. The inquiry aims to uncover how Bruce Lehrman came to be charged with the rape of Brittany Higgins and why the ensuing rape trial was sensationally aborted in October. In an extraordinary turn of events, the rape trial of former Liberal staffer Bruce Lerman has been aborted after a juror's misconduct was discovered by a court sheriff. Bruce Lerman has always maintained his innocence and now he's suing two media outlets for their reporting of the allegations. Detective Superintendent Moller claimed he signed the summons on the advice of an AFP director. The veteran cop went on to say the police were under extreme pressure from the Director of Public Prosecutions to bring charges against Lehrman. And while he wasn't convinced the case reached that evidentiary threshold, he was keen for investigators to pursue additional lines of inquiry. I think it's really important for everybody to understand the amount of pressure that was on the investigation team uh, well, all of us to get this done. You know, we had a significant amount of external pressure uh, from the media. We had, um, you know, we had Miss Higgins that was, you know. But more investigative work requires more time, and that's apparently something neither the police nor the prosecutor had. It's that tension, cops and prosecutors, that's at the heart of this inquiry. In her opening statement some weeks ago, Counsel assisting Erin Longbottom told the inquiry's chair, Walter Sofronoff KC, that the relationship between the police and the DPP had deteriorated so significantly that a public inquiry was necessary to unpack how it all went so wrong. 
but you will hear evidence that from the outset, engagement between the DPP and ACT policing in this matter was beset by tension. Those involved in the meetings appear to have somewhat different perceptions of what occurred. The DPP, Shane Drumgold, occupied the witness box for the first several days of the inquiry. Drumgold believed police were reluctant to charge because they didn't believe Higgins and because they were under pressure from politicians. That's a claim he later retracted. The police involved had displayed a passionate interest in this matter not proceeding, and that's what concerned me. This week, Scott Muller was given the floor to share his side of the story. He said he believed the DPP was covertly collecting evidence about the conduct of police. That made the cops deeply uneasy. It caused me quite a lot of concern for myself and my investigation team, so much so that we continually second-guessed ourselves about what we were doing and how we were doing it. And when questioning turned to the involvement of Victims of Crime Commissioner Heidi Yates, Moller didn't hold back. He acknowledged the importance of Ms Yates' work as a victim's advocate, but he felt she was too close to this particular case and it was inappropriate for her to be showing up with Brittany Higgins when the trial was still going on. One way in which Ms Higgins was traversing the criminal justice system was drawing on that support from Ms Yates. Yeah, she was helping her with that, yes, absolutely, but she's not the only person that can do that. Coming up, how the relationship between cops and prosecutors broke down and why police didn't seem as keen to pursue inconsistencies in Bruce Lehrman's account. That's after this break. My name is Manny Karoudis and I'm a former New South Wales policeman turned investigative reporter with a passion for missing persons cases. I'm here to quickly tell you about our True Crime Australia podcast, The Missing. In this series, I look at old missing persons cases which have all gone cold in an attempt to try and uncover new information which could help see these missing people reunited with their loved ones or any form of clue that could bring these families closure. The Missing is available now wherever you get your podcasts and early and ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts. The central document at this inquiry has come to be known as the Moller Report. It's named for its author, Detective Superintendent Scott Moller, and it's the kind of frank assessment of the evidence that police produce to clarify for themselves and prosecutors whether a charge should be laid. In the report, Moller describes Brittany Higgins as being vague and combative in her dealings with police, like in failing to hand over her mobile phone It concludes she was not credible as a witness and that any trial based on her allegations would fail. Police called Higgins in for another interview to address these perceived inconsistencies. But then there's what the report doesn't contain. Inconsistencies in Bruce Lehrman's version of events are conspicuously absent, like that Higgins was found naked by a security guard in the minister's office when Lehrman insisted there was no sexual contact at all. Counsel assisting Joshua Jones put it to Moller that this report was pivotal in the decision to prosecute Bruce Lehrman and that any such report should surely represent both parties fairly. Chair Walter Sofronoff KC doubled down. Isn't it a bit unbalanced 
or artificial to look at the, the credit of a complainant without also looking at the plausibility of what the proposed possible defendant has said. But Moller said the report was part of a comprehensive brief of evidence and was never intended to be dissected in a vacuum. Josh Jones questioned Scott Moller intensely about why his report didn't dig more into the gaps in Lehrman's story. What ensued was a tit-for-tat among some of Australia's brightest legal minds about the implications of omitting Lehrman's alleged lies. David Edwardson, KC, an experienced criminal lawyer who represented NT police officer Zachary Rolfe in his murder trial, is representing defence lawyer Stephen Wybrow. Edwardson said Lehrman's alleged conduct was irrelevant to a police report about whether or not a rape charge could succeed. Sofronoff said Edwardson was thinking too much into it and that any hypothetical future jury would be briefed to accept or reject Higgins' evidence as it was presented to them. Whatever Mr Lehrman might have said, whether they were lies, his credibility shot or whatever, that does not and cannot bolster the case for the prosecution. Inquiring into at the moment is Superintendent Moller's purpose in writing this document. There's no suggestion that you should, as police officers, conduct an legal analysis on what is admissible and how it's potentially going to be used. In criminal matters like this, it's unusual for Defence Counsel to be given the police brief of evidence. But then, this case isn't usual. Superintendent Moller was asked why Bruce Lehrman's then-lawyer, John Corn, was given the brief of evidence containing highly sensitive information from Brittany Higgins' counselling sessions and police interviews. Moller said the oversight was yet another consequence of the pressure placed on cops to get Lehrman in front of a jury sooner rather than later. My advice was, no, let's stick to the adjudication process, but... Really, it's hard for me to articulate the amount of pressure on us to get this done at that time. You can follow all our coverage of the inquiry, including the best news, analysis and the biggest scoops, live at theaustralian.com.au. Hey, I'm Felicity Harley and I host Healthy-ish, where we chat to experts, influencers and people in the know from around the globe to arm you with the knowledge to make healthier decisions for your mind, body and soul. I think if we're going to be focusing on health, like sleep is probably the biggest component oh, of that. I, I think sleep is the cornerstone. Like choose the harder option because I've never woken up and gone, I regret that run that I went at 4am. I've never done that. Search for Healthy-ish and Extra Healthy-ish wherever you get your podcasts.